Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. I'm Ann Thompson, and I'm the editor-at-large at IndieWire. And I'm joined this week um, not by Ryan Latanzio, our new co-host who is on vacation, but by someone who's been a frequent uh, visitor to the podcast and will continue to do so, Marcus Jones, our awards editor. Hello, Marcus. Hi. Nice to see you, Ann. So we are still, believe it or not, in festival mode in the sense that there are smaller regional festivals that are going on. And it's another way to find out the flavor of how audiences respond to things. So you have gone to two festivals since Toronto. Tell us about it. Right. So uh, this past week, I started off at Middleburg. Uh, film festival in Virginia and then went to SCAD Savannah Film Festival. Um, And so it's kind of like I've been on the campaign trail with a lot of the familiar faces. So we're seeing Haley Spaney from Priscilla, which I'm excited to talk to you about. Uh, Cord Jefferson was at a lot. And I think my favorite because American Fiction won the audience award at Middleburg. Oh, that's good to know. That's important. Um, And it following up on its win in Toronto. Yeah, the screening was packed and someone I was talking to compared him like to Obama on the 08 campaign trail. (laughs) Like that was the kind of uh, rapturous response that he was getting um, from the Middleburg crowd. Well, Uh, describe what Cord Jefferson is like. I don't know him. Oh, so he's really nice. I think that I've gotten some comments from people saying that he's distractingly handsome. Um, But (laughs) I think that uh, because he was a journalist and then uh, has kind of one of the best TV writer resumes you can have. I mean, Watchmen, The Good Place, Succession, uh, that he really knew what he wanted to do with this film because it is that commentary on Black representation. And you see it throughout his career, that that's something that he's always been interested in, always addressing. I think uh, the Watchmen episode he won the Emmy for was about the character who turned out to be Bass Reeves. Um, And so, yeah, he's just like a really kind of charismatic, smart guy that's uh, relaxed and easy to talk to. And so I think that um, it's good that they have him out there. I think that uh, that campaign all helps, especially because uh, we were taken by such pleasant surprise at Toronto. Um, I loved, I loved the movie um, uh, when I finally caught up with it, and and Jeffrey Wright is extraordinary in it. Totally, Sterling K. Brown. And then the other thing too is that uh, in Savannah, what was kind of interesting is I think the hardest ticket to get it sounds like they had to turn people away because so many people wanted to go and remember this is a festival that the students of the school really get to attend was saltburn so uh saltburn seems to have really uh played to that crowd uh 
<laughs> well, there's. I was just talking about this the other day. I mean, Jacob Elordi uh, has become, uh, you know, the the poster boy right now. I mean, he is extraordinarily good in Saltburn. He carries it sort of effortlessly, you know. And those things are yeah. hard to do, you know. And he does. He and he plays Elvis. Yeah. really well in 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 priscilla i know we're not following uh our our agenda but let's do priscilla anyway no worries because, let's go with because the flow i i really um want to know what you what you thought of it i enjoyed it and and thought it was marvelously well crafted by sofia coppola well written the the actors were terrific but it's very much from the point of view of the young woman and that and it's limited by that you know, yeah. because she's so young. And, and so you, get, you end up sheltered. at the end. It's it's astonishing and horrifying. And, and you see, you're, you're, it's amazing that this story could ever have happened, honestly, that her parents could have let it happen. But, you know, she's a teenager living in Elvis's house with, and she's not married yet. She eventually marries him. Right. Um, but at the end, I wanted more... Um, I wanted the the more sophisticated version of her to have a little more dialogue. There's always that feeling with a Sofia Coppola movie. <laughs> you give me a little more dialogue, you know. I know, and uh, but instead you're getting the kind of uh, two minutes of her putting the eyelashes on before she gives birth. But I love those little true. details. Yeah, um, I think that it's so funny that we have Elvis so front of our mind, the Baz Luhrmann film and then of course we get a film that happens to be titled Priscilla and it's so in conversation in that it's really uh so much of we what we didn't see in that film this really is Priscilla's perspective and so as all the stuff we saw with Austin Butler was kind of going on like here is Priscilla stuck in Graceland almost like infantilized even though she's having to grow up too fast because they're kind of taking control of her life and she's not yet a mom but still has to be a homemaker but not yet an adult and so I think that it really played to Sophia's strengths in a great way I think that visually it's so stunning but yeah it is um it does kind of it's not too far reaching. Like it, we really see Priscilla kind of in two or three locations like Germany, um, Graceland, obviously. And then finally she does eventually get to go West a little bit. And I think I had fun kind of seeing her grow up, but I it was think... great to see her escape, escape her cage. I wanted more. I wanted yeah. more of that, you know, it... that's what I wanted. I wanted to see the, who the, who the mature Priscilla was going to was going to be. Yeah. Know? And um, you mentioned how great Jacob Elordi is, too. I think there is this charisma that he has um, to where you kind of see like, OK, maybe this was of the time. I'm kind of understanding why this 14 year old is getting shipped from Germany to live with her adult boyfriend in uh, Tennessee while she finishes school like she's still in high school <laughs> but um sort of as things go sour you kind of see how you get a better perspective on how that relationship really wasn't perfect and there were even more flaws than we got to see in the other film about well, he's also Elvis. controlling he's yeah. a controlling guy and he's he's you know that's part of 
the allure is that he can control her and until he can't, you know? Yeah. But my uh, favorite detail uh, about sort of to the point of not wanting to touch uh, the other film was that we do not hear a peep from Colonel Tom Parker. We hear that he's on God. the phone maybe three or four times. Thank God. But they were very clear. But there, not it's not about the music, right? Exactly. Yeah. And and they didn't have the rights to any of the music. And yet she pulled it off with other right. covers, with other songs. And he performs at one point. It was fine. Yeah. And with Elvis, I think that he covered so many songs as well and was really kind of part of the music landscape in general. And so it is kind of one of those artists that you can get away with that. So I really, I mean, all in all, I really, I really liked the movie. It's small. I'm I'm yeah. very curious to see, to see how, and unfortunately and sadly, um, she hasn't been able to do as much press because her mother is ill, Eleanor yes. Coppola. And I, I wish her well. I, a lovely great filmmaker in her own right. Yeah. And she's, she's, she's a lovely person and I just hope she gets better before we go to the Gotham's what, does SCAD stand for? This is a question I've had for a while. <laughs> Savannah College of Art and Design. Okay, there we go. So yeah. that's who puts on the festival. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, if you look at the schedule, uh, someone else was saying this, they're playing pretty much every film that you would need to see to kind of catch up. Yeah, so I'm in I'm in sort of um, intense catch up with the foreign language, catch up with the docs mode and we have our doc series going on we started with the mission and nikki giovanni project going yes. to Martha. and you have a couple coming up you're going to do still and stamped from the beginning bobby, bobby wine. wine yeah yeah that so, takes us to that, yeah, our next topic us yeah. to get through it. absolutely <laughs> so all right the gothams now oh, i yeah. um don't know what you think about the gothams i've never asked you what you think about the gothams they made some changes this year they took the budget cap off which i thought was sort of horrifying given that their branding <laughs> has always been so rel relentlessly independent which is what they are that's what they're supposed to be and it turns out we got all these emails and, and texts ahead of the announcement. We didn't submit. We didn't submit. You know, the big studio <laughs> and, and, and streamer movies didn't submit. So if any of them got through with something, which Brian Gosling did for Barbie, right. it was because one of these very um, critic-heavy selection committees pick, decided to do it. You know, it, right. it wasn't. But... Um, I've never, I I don't think getting nominated for, I mean, it doesn't do you any harm. I'm not right. saying it's a bad thing, but it doesn't do, it doesn't move the needle very much at this, at this stage. But what it does do is if you win one and you have a big speech at the, at the awards, then, then maybe, but what's your take? What's your take on what came out of these nominations that, that means anything to you? I think it's great that it's keeping some of the things that uh, I think a lot of us uh, journalists and critics like personally top of mind. And so it's wonderful to see that uh, the 1001 team, so A.V. Rockwell, the director, and Tiana Taylor get nominations because I think that was a really great film coming out of Sundance. So Agreed. it's nice to see that it has renewed energy. Of course, we love past lives. We love passages. So seeing Greta Lee, Franz Rogowski in there, it's. I agree with you that it's maybe not the most on Academy voters' radar, but I think that we can agree we personally like uh, to see 
these names in the mix even a little bit. Like I think Franz Rogowski is really wonderful in that film passages. So if this moves the needle even a fraction, I'm down for it. Um, but so yeah, in this particular case, they put all of us strangers, which you and I are both big fans of, um, mm-hmm. into best international feature. It's right, a British film considered, and you know, so that it's in there with Anatomy of a Fall, and Poor Things is considered a British film on this. <laughs> right, and Totem, which is the Mexican entry, which I just saw yesterday. Oh, how was it? It's fantastic. Okay, it's I... it's a small movie, very much um, observed. It could be cinema verite, mm-hmm. really. And it's a family about to have a party and you know that, but eventually it becomes clear why they're having the party. And it's, I just have chill thinking about it. It's, it's lovely. And it's from the point of view of a little girl. um, Oh, wow. It's just marvelous in it. And then uh, the zone of interest. So those are big, those are the big international titles, but all of us strangers ended up getting a few things. So I, yeah, I, I think it was one of the leading uh, nominees. Yeah, um, I mean, so it, it, it's unfortunate that it's not able to boast best feature, but it has best screenplay. And uh, they have a long list of gender-free, outstanding lead performances. Um, and 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 Andrew Scott, you know, got in there. And and it, I yeah. just the one thing I do think got a boost from this really that might make a difference is that one. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about Lily Gladstone getting in for her other film, The Unknown Country, which I, I think that. is available on VOD? Well, that's about those critics being, you know perverse you know (laughs) i haven't seen it i've heard it's very good you know i should i should be eagerly uh tracking it tracking it down um and they do a bunch of series uh i don't know was it what what the series award show have any impact i mean they've already voted haven't they for the (laughs) um yeah but it does show us a little bit of what could be coming sort of the next I mean, we're having to wait all the way until January for what was supposed to be September's Emmys, but something that uh, premiered in kind of the wayside was uh, the HBO docuseries Telemarketers that has a nomination. But yeah, I think mostly, oh, I'm a Virgo is another one that uh, premiered this summer and that we're big fans of at IndieWire. That's the Boots Riley Amazon show that when you watch it, it's shocking that it is on Amazon Prime video. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of the use of it a little bit. But yeah, most of the nominees for Gotham's and the TV categories are people who already had their Emmys run. So uh, but I guess because the Emmys moved, they're going to get this first. And so Gotham's now uh, they give the film awards first and they can boast that they're giving the TV awards first. So this is a good year for them. Oh, God. All right. Well, the other thing that happened over the past few weeks is that there were several documentary groups that gave up some um, some intel and. Um, the thing, it's true every year. The thing about the documentaries is that there's so many of them. <laughs> and and in, in, even when you get to adding the Guild Award, you know, the DGA or the WGA, you end up with this long list of move. They don't all, they're not all consistent. They right. don't all come behind the same 
the same movies. But you can see the one that I think, I mean, so you have the Critics' Choice Awards, you have the 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 early um, honors, uh, you know, uh, cinema honors. They always have, they're influential. It's the same. Yeah. It's about show, showing people what they should be watching in order to, but the, the one that has the most influence or could be the most predictive not the critics' choice at all, because right. they have actually relatively mainstream taste compared. I mean, Goodnight to... Oppie was a big one That's last right. year that yeah. did they're, not. They're, make they're it not. Into the sometimes the, the things they vote for don't get on the list at, at the Oscars at all. But the um, Doc NYC shortlist, right? Very, very one. That's the one to, to look at. So if if we look at that, which which ones do do you think are going to go all the way on the docs? Yeah, Do you I that mean, in front of you um, or not? Yeah, no. Okay. So, um, I mean, it's kind of what we've been talking about. So I think the Nikki Giovanni uh, going to Mars, the Nikki Giovanni project, uh, the one that you're talking to the filmmaker tonight, that's one that we're seeing on a lot of lists, but that really stands out. That was the award winner at Sundance this year. Um, and HBO picked it up. Yeah. And then even something like Everybody, where it's this Focus Features release that's been on our radar because of the studio, but um, has kind of been sneaking from behind and getting on a lot of these lists. Um, I have to see that one. I hear it's good. I hear it's very good. American Symphony is playing well across mm -hmm. the board. I caught up with 20 Days in Mariupol, yeah. which I thought was extraordinary. It oh wow! Yeah, socks off. It it upset me very much. Given what's going on in the world right now, right, and the threat of what could be happening mm -hmm. in Gaza, um, I I when I watch you know hospitals with no power and and no medicine and you know people bombing uh, you know maternity wards and women yeah. pregnant women being carried out, it's just uh, uh, I'm getting a chill again. Um, I cried multiple times yeah. in this movie at the loss of life, at parents losing their children. When you're faced close up to the real people and their loss and what happens to them, mm -hmm. it's a it's a horrifying story of 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 this the civilians in this town and the town itself just being destroyed, right? Systematically. Yeah. And we were talking about that a little bit because I was kind of sharing my feelings with you about uh, the docs race. And I think despite the fact that there are these really great profiles of artists, entertainers that we're getting that do take the second step of this is not just a story about the artists, but kind of what they represent. Well, still is like that. The Michael yeah. J. Fox movie. Uh, and Little Richard, I Am Everything is kind of the difficulty a as a layer. public yep. queer man. Uh, even Judy Bloom is kind of the Judy Bloom Forever is kind of the book bands and things like that. But I think and uh, I think this gets to the core with American Symphony is that I we both really enjoyed it. But I think in terms of the Oscars, they look to make a little bit more of a statement of we recognize what's going on in the world. You look like a film, you look at a film like Navalny this year, and that's such a sort of statement time capsule of like, this speaks to so many things uh, going on between America and Russia and sort of uh, freedom of press and things like that. And so I do think something like uh, 20 Days in Marpol uh, could be more... Uh, competitive because it is 
hitting on the thing that you're saying where you can feel like this speaks to where we're at in the world right now. Sure. It has several things going for it. One, this AP guy and his team stayed behind at great danger to themselves to document this. They were really the only ones doing it. Uh, again, I get a chill because it's extraordinary what they, what they did, and and you're very aware of it. Um, the other thing, it, so so danger uh, is is a factor, yeah. but also just the craftsmanship. Yeah, they. Right. But you're you're also caught up in the the whole question of how did they get out the the the, the footage, and then you see the news footage that results from what they did. It's fascinating, yeah. actually. But the other, you know, Matt Heineman got nominated for Cartel Land back in the day because it was. He put himself in incredible danger right. to get that story and what seemed to not care. And he does that. He has done that repeatedly. But of course, he cares. And of course, he knows what danger he's in. He's just so driven to get the best that he possibly can right. that, he, that he puts himself in that danger. And that's what happened here. But American Symphony, his movie this year, takes it to another level of, of, of looking at the relationship between the artist who's being John Batiste and his wife mm. who's who's sick and and fighting cancer and it's just devastating to watch that uh, unfold while he's trying to to do some pretty high level work at the same time. So anyway, the the short list includes American Symphony, Bobby Wine, the the movie we mentioned earlier, which yeah. is uh, I still have to see. Um, and and the, did you see that one yet? You're going to see it the night uh, you no. do the Q&A. And then yeah. the disappearance of Cher Height, which I loved out of out of Sundance, which is a, a portrait of, of a pioneering feminist, but also a very glamorous um, character um, who, who used her, her looks partly, you know, in her her pursuit of fame you know it's a fascinating document and then the eternal memory which is the one that's a little bit like a moor in that it's a portrait of right. people with you know where the wife is taking care of the the great intellectual husband who has alzheimer's everybody that you mentioned four daughters which i'm going to see this weekend at the which is a can co-winner of the mm-hmm. doc prize if you want to look at the doc nyc list look at it so it's a long it's a list of, of 15 <laughs> movies so we can't really go through uh all of them um but those are the ones that are really going to be um making making a big splash i wouldn't right. i mean the cca list is less less influential i would say yeah they're always fun. I think they fit in a lot of really entertaining projects. But yeah, I, I, I'm I excited. We're still really making our way through because there's so many good documentaries out there. Um, and thankfully, they're getting more and more accessible. So that's great. I think Little Richard might be on Max now or coming to Max soon. So that's a good one to see. Um, and Stamp from the Beginnings, another one we like, and that's a Netflix one. Coming so. up. Yeah. So one of the things that's going on is that some of the movies that we've been watching at the festivals are actually opening. They're actually going into, into theaters. And that includes the holdovers, which um I finally had a chance to talk and sit down with the uh, Alexander Payne, who is a writer and he's a funny writer. So he's a it's it's so much fun to talk to someone like him because he he lays out fully articulated sentences that are often quite funny and and witty. Um, And he, you know, he he laid out for me how he, you know, was inspired by this 1935 Marcel Pagnol movie to sort of steal the idea (laughs) of a teacher and a student uh, left alone 
uh, at Christmas, a, a teacher with a wayward eye. He said he said he still had to. There you go. <laughs> so, so he cast Paul Giamatti and this great kid that he found at a local school, Deerfield. Um, yeah. This guy, uh, Dominic uh, Sessa, who really holds his own with Paul Giamatti. And then he would, and it's 20 years since they did Sideways. Um, a lot of the people that star in Andrew, Alexander Payne's movies end up getting Oscar nominated, but not Paul Giamatti. So I hope he has another chance. It's a competitive year, though. There's something about the holdovers that is perceived as as similar to what he's done in the past mm-hmm. that makes it less like the critics aren't going wild. They're all giving it good reviews. It has right. very good reviews. And it's funny and it's really heartbreaking, partly because the person who makes it heartbreaking is Divine Joy Randolph, who just is the glue there. Phenomenal. Talk about so it. Good. She's, she's amazing. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I really love Divine Joy Randolph in this. She uh, is kind of the cafeteria worker who is staying behind because this is over Christmas holiday. It's the three of them. Um, Paul Giamatti, Dominic Sessa, and Divine Joy Randolph. And she just recently lost her son. And so that's kind of a through line throughout the film, seeing how her feelings develop. Um, and her kind of being the maternal energy to this kid uh, stuck at his boarding school. Um, but I agree with you. I think everyone I've talked to about the film uh, and I'm more in the camp of that was good. I really enjoyed that. But you get some people and I think especially this could be true of uh, a lot of people within the academy. Some people are it hits so hard for and they have the emotional response and appreciate that it's this throwback that's purposefully trying to evoke the 70s. Um, And so, yeah, I do think that it's a really strong contender. And I think uh, there's a lot of things going for it that are cool, especially um, the other detail is he got uh, this pilot from David Hemmingson and he's like, you know what, not going to make this TV show. But if you want this to be adapted into a film, I'll do that. And so it was he those cold two called pieces. him. He didn't even know him. And yeah. it, I love this story because what it means is that he was feeling insecure or maybe one of the reasons he never got around to doing it was that he didn't feel like he had knowledge of East Coast boarding, boarding schools. And clearly right. this guy had it nailed. Yeah, And so he said, if, you know, if you want to take this milieu and, and run with my idea for a movie, it, it's yours. And the guy went along with it and they, it turned out to be a marriage made in heaven. But it's a solo uh, script credit for Hemmingson. Yeah. And I think that's really great. We're seeing that a little bit, too, with some of the Blacklist scripts that got produced this year, May, December, air. But I think the other film that we wanted to hit and I think might be a little bit more polarizing is Nyad, which I think is out in theaters right now, but on Netflix soon. November 3rd. Right. Okay. So it's in the, both of the, so basically uh, the Alexander Payne, the holdovers opens today. Right. And, and uh, Nyad already, you know, already opened. So, so here's the deal. This is a movie where I enjoyed it. It's a, it's a crowd pleaser. It really plays for an audience. Audiences love right. this movie. And Academy audiences like it, too. Yeah. So it's an interesting case where the question is, does it last? 
in the in the in the long haul does it does do the two incredible performances by Annette Benning and Jodie Foster Jodie Foster is not overdue she's won before but <laughs> you know Annette Benning is overdue and and right. she she really uh gives an extraordinary performance involving you know endurance swimming and and yeah. doing it herself and and makeup and it's very challenging what she did At, of course and it's the tougher road as well because while we're getting all the great kind of energy around her Annette's job really is swimming for the most part so you're kind of seeing her duck down sort of some of the more uh soulful parts or just be completely dazed um, but I think she plays the character really well. And despite all the controversy around Diana Nyad, the person, I do think that uh, the character is still a great too... story. Yeah. And I don't think that the char- it's like, hey, geographic or anything like I think the. No, not at all. They gave uh, her a hard. They give. They make her. She's salty. She's very yeah. salty. <laughs> um, entertainingly, why... entertainingly so. And Jody is is salty. She they Jody's playing uh, a gay woman for the for the first time right. on uh, on openly gay woman on uh, on, on a, in a movie, and it's wonderful to see her do yeah. that. I went over my gold derby uh, predictions the other day um, to see how everything was sort of starting to shake out, and it's interesting if you look at it. There's you can tell that it's early days right a lot of the people voting on there haven't seen everything right especially the venice titles that were late breaking in new york things like ferrari things like and and all of us strangers you can tell that they haven't seen all of us strangers because they should be voting for it more than they are (laughs) um i have a strong hunch that that's going to end up doing very well in the end right but um, that's not reflected by Gold Derby at this stage. And and no. I, I don't think, you know, I don't know. It's such a competitive category with with Carrie Mulligan and, and Emma Stone. Um, you know, how are they how, how it's going to be hard to break into that category? Yeah. And I that think is- this kind of hits what we were going to talk about as well. But it's been um, unique to see that this is so much driven on the performances themselves because actors haven't been able to campaign. And so there's not a lot of moving the needle. We're just straight up like, okay, we saw poor things. We saw Priscilla, like our judgment of which actresses can make it into best actress are what's on screen more than sort of, them having a great interview or sort and Ferrari, of all the stuff you know, Penelope Cruz should be, should be, you know, well, that one they can. Neon yeah. is, has, you know, they can send her around and to, to Gladhand. But a lot of these people are, are they're, they're going to the panels. They're going to the public events like at New York Film Festival. Right. And I think the Priscilla people are are working, it seems right. like. But and some, look, she some won of the, the stars are not, you know, yeah. uh, they're I, waiting. I think that was very significant at Venice that uh, the two actors that won the awards, the Volpe Cup, uh, were from films that had a SAG waiver. People really enjoy uh, getting to see the stars out and about. Yeah. Um, So we're we're waiting. I mean, the strike is it's disturbing. 
that yes. they took off, you know, the AMPTP dumped the the talks uh, they, to make a statement, basically, that they were not happy with the latest proposal that was a, a bridge too far, you know, from about the revenue sharing. And so they did get back to the table this week um, and they're meeting again today and the four CEOs are back. Um, I am very worried about it because the whole fall television schedule and the summer release schedule, you know, like they pushed Mission Impossible back by a year because they couldn't yeah. finish it. Right. Yeah. So there's a, a list, a long list of television projects and, and movie projects that are just waiting uh, for the actors to come back. And, and if they don't come back, they're not going to get made. Could you ever imagine the sort of broadcast networks would just have almost nothing for a full year? Like, that is wild to me to go from when we knew that almost 100 million people were watching something like MASH or Friends or things like that. to now, like, their schedule, I mean, they had some shows left over. NBC launched some new shows this fall. And then Netflix has this reality show coming, the Squid Game reality show. But to see broadcast completely empty, that's so wild to me and really... um, working it seems like that's not uh favorable to a lot of those uh amptp members that it affects but i think there was a little bit of misstep with sag sort of uh policing halloween costumes that was a too big, harshly. big read the room wrong moment yeah. and thank god ryan reynolds <laughs> let me call my eight-year-old daughter a scab she needs to learn um but i think that the fact that they were able to quickly get back to the table kind of uh, that's the important that, thing and a lot of people of are annoyed with them actually i think yeah. they've, they've they've kind of made a couple of false moves but there's a lot of emotion there's that i i want my my plea to both sides is is to think about the long term and and think about what needs to get done and and put the emotion aside and be well, pragmatic I, yeah. but if you look at it i think amt amptp is very much like driven by we already um gave the writers a win and gave the directors a win to a lesser extent we don't want to lose here but that's kind of driven more by money of course these are companies but with sag i think they're really pushing to make sure the profession of acting remains because some of the stuff we see like the ai proposals if that were to go so south, if they were to lose, then that no, they could, can't give up on AI. I think that could just, wipe out uh, being an extra as a profession. And so, well, it's about being exploited as right. an extra. It's a, it's about, it's about, it's a, it's a terrible thing. And they never should have proposed it. And it horrified me when they, when, when the AMPTP even put that on the table. That's a sign of how out of touch they are. Yeah. But I think the reality is that they could give. So the SAG. Um, you know, Duncan Crabtree, Ireland and Fran Drescher have to be able to go back to their members and mm-hmm. say, we got you this. Right. We got you this bump here. It wasn't as much as we wanted, but we got this bump here. We got this and we got you AI. We got more controls over AI. That doesn't cost the, the studios and the streamers that much. It, it's not a money issue for them. I I mean, they see a way they're greedy. They see ways yeah. to, to exploit and make more money, but th- they could handle that. 
This revenue sharing thing is the problem. And I don't know what that solution is. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I've seen so much about it, kind of the pros and cons. And so I, I, I'm a little like, let me trust the experts, hear them out a little bit. Cause that's how I feel too. I hope they can figure something out and, and let's, and fing fingers, fingers crossed. Well, it was fun having you on. Thank you always. Thank you. And we'll see yeah. you again next week. Yeah, we're really chatting it up, but <laughs> see you again soon. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Marcus. Thank you, Ann. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.